0: You're listening to the Mind Your Business podcast, episode number 314. Today, you're gonna learn how to enhance your intuitive decision-making skills using the power of tarot cards. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast what is up ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning into another episode here on the mind your business podcast i hope you are stoked by the way i always know when i'm talking to somebody from southern california because they use the word stoked so shout out to all my southern california friends who use that word i don't think anyone uses it anywhere else if you do you're cool too I hope you're stoked either way, no matter where you're coming from, because today is an awesome episode. My friend Sarah Chapel is coming on. She is a holistic business coach, and she uses tarot in her life and with her clients in order to help increase, enhance intuition, make better decisions, really to use it as a, what she talks about in the episode, as a tool for coaching yourself. You know, we're the ones that get ourselves into all the problems we get ourselves into, right? How did I wind up this way? Well, you, (laughs) you can unwind yourself too. And this is a really fascinating conversation about using these cards in order to coach yourself out of a situation, give you the clarity you need, quality of your life, determined by the quality questions you ask. How many times you heard me say that, right? Right. And you can be asking questions. This becomes a guide that supports your, and strengthens and flexes your intuitive muscles, your muscles, your intuition muscles. And I just want to invite everyone to listen to this episode. It's like, sometimes I really just like to make it weird. I want to really make you feel uncomfortable. So if you're totally skeptical about tarot cards. This is witchcraft. This is voodoo. This is cult stuff. This is bad. I want to embrace that. I want to encourage uh, healthy skepticism. You know, I love introducing esoteric and bizarre and weird stuff to you guys so that it's not so weird. You know, we tend to fear that which we don't know. And so keep, that skepticism, hold on to that. Put it aside for now. And I invite you to just listen with an open mind and an open heart to something that maybe you don't know yet. Something that's new and it's different because that's how we grow. What I don't want, you know, no one has to love this topic or this conversation or has to go out and live their life with tarot, it's, if it fits, you know, it's like trying on a new pair of clothes. You put it on and you're like, ooh, I look fabulous. I'll buy it, I'll take it. Sometimes you put something on, most of the time, and we're like, no, this is garbage. I don't like this at all, next. And this is just another one of those garments that you're gonna try on. So you can't reject it until you try it on. I mean, you can, but you wouldn't fully really know if it was something that would fit or not until you try it on. And so that's all I ask. And you know, Sarah and I talk and, and speak to some of the skeptical stuff that may come up for you about what this is and what it isn't. And I think it's just so fascinating and can be so helpful. At the very least, this is an opportunity for each and every one of us to have a tool for self-reflection and self-coaching. And um, if you think that you are bigger than or beyond reflection and coaching, that's the first thing that we need to coach you on because damn, that's got to go. <laughs> all right. So this is a tool. There's many tools out there. If you've been lied to that there's only one tool and the best tool, and this is the only tool and ignore all the other tools. Well, that was just another tool to get you to buy into that tool. This is just one of many tools. I've used tarot. I've never really gotten into it enough to learn about all the cards and what they mean, but I've definitely gone to tarot readers and gotten a lot of value and insight out of them actually. And so I wanted to introduce this to you guys. So buckle up, sit down, and let's learn about some tarot. All right, without further ado, Sarah Chapel. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Today I have with us my special guest, Sarah Chapel. Sarah, how you doing?
1: I'm fantastic. How are you today, James?
0: Good. Thanks for joining us. So before we get into this, well, here, I'm just going to say what we're going to talk about today is how to use tarot cards in your business to make better decisions. Is that about right? Yes, totally. Wow. Okay. So buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a (laughs) good one. Why don't, before we get into this, who are you? Tell us a little bit about your background. What, what do you do? Who do you help? How do you help them? And why are we talking about tarot cards today?
1: Yeah. So I'm Sarah Chapel. I'm a holistic business coach and a tarot mentor. I help soul-centered entrepreneurs to grow and scale their businesses by harnessing both intuition and strategy so they can have lives of self-care and service. And I'm an INTJ who reads tarot cards. No way. Are you really? So, I am really. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs>
1: So I got into tarot when I stopped drinking alcohol and realized how inherently intuitive I was and all humans are.
0: The alcohol was preventing the intuition? Yeah. Wow.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. That's fascinating. Um,
1: That's a whole side thing. But I started reading cards because I was like, wow, there's all these feelings and stuff that I don't compute and do not understand. And tarot was a language where I learned how to coach and support myself through one of the most challenging periods of my entire life, entering sobriety and ultimately entrepreneurship. And now I help people to use their intuition. And sometimes the cards are the easiest way to access that to make better decisions and mm. and figure out what the universe is calling them to do.
0: Okay. So I really like what you're saying there. First of all, yes, yeah, so it is maybe another conversation about the interesting experience of how being sober strengthens your antenna to mm-hmm. use some metaphors here, for your intuition. Interesting. Um, I think that's really fascinating. I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. But using the tarot card as a tool to support your intuition. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: James, I mean, can I ask you a question?
0: Please. I love questions.
1: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you shared on the podcast about getting into energy work and things like that. Were you skeptical of that when you started?
0: Well, of course I was. Yeah. Very skeptical. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: What is so great about tarot is that it's a visual language that helps us to ground what we are receiving, whether you want to call that from your deeper self or your intuition or from God or whatever words you use or all of those things into something that's actually tangible. You can hold it. You can see it. You can Mm. touch it. You can taste it if you want. I mean, they're usually made of paper, so it's not super exciting, but it's something where you can actually have a physical, tangible experience of the divine and of your intuition, which for me at least helped to cut through the skepticism and actually start to have a conversation with myself.
0: So, I have to assume that the skeptic and we want to honor everyone's journey and, and where you are in your journey. And that just like Sarah had asked me, was it, was I ever skeptical or whatever is I think that's part of the process for most people. And I think there's a good amount of healthy skepticism as long as you've balanced that with being willing to keep an open mind and not having a fixed way of being in your life to be open to try new things. You know, it's almost like going shopping, where it's like, okay, we know you have clothes that look good and feel good, but you still go shopping to see and try something else on to see if you're like, let me try this. And this might be one of those things, but I would have to imagine that those that are in that skeptical state right now are maybe sitting there thinking like, isn't this just some like random coincidence pulling of something? And doesn't really have any meaning to it so i'm wondering if you can give us a little bit more context sarah like how does it work in a way that can feed someone's logical mind so they can say oh i could see myself using this does that does that question make sense for you
1: definitely and i love that question because when i first started using tarot as i said i was a super skeptic and i was like "Well." Maybe it's just a psychological tool. I'm seeing these pictures and it's making me think of something that's triggering something in my subconscious mind. And I chose to find meaning in that. And when we talk about things like synchronicities or, wow, how weird is it? I was thinking of that thing and there it is, right? We can choose to find meaning in our lives or not, right? Mm -hmm. We can choose to walk through this world as if it's meaningless and we don't have these amazing experiences all the time. So I actually approached tarot like that. I was like, okay, well, the pictures are cool. I like learning new things. And it was like a challenge. It was interesting. But really the first layer is just, if you see an image, whatever it is, and it makes you have a feeling, what would it feel like to explore that, to have a conversation with yourself around that? So we don't have to, and we can, and we will, we don't have to jump all the way to your channeling spirits and talking to deeper self and all of this. But if you pull a card, Let's look at the the lovers. is a very popular card. A lot of people have seen. It's got, it's a in the deck that I use, the writer Waite Smith deck. It's an image of Adam and Eve, but it's basically just two naked people. How does that make you feel if you pick up a card like hey, now that? Now this is a PG
0: show, it... so let's you know keep some right. of this. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep it under wraps. Right, right. So,
1: but it's interesting, <laughs> right? How does yeah. that make you feel? And is there meaning in how you respond to certain images?
0: Okay, so. Then my question is, okay, because that's really interesting because I don't know that much about tarot. Like I've bought decks before. I've gotten tarot readings before. Are you saying that what card is being pulled isn't necessarily have that much significance? It's more in whatever does get pulled, the experience you have around that? Or is there... And I mean, take us as weird and woo-woo as you want to go, but it's like... What's causing the co- the two lovers to be pulled, right? What's causing mm-hmm. that? Is it just, is there a subconscious part of us that knows what card is it source or, you know, higher self or is it just complete coincidentally random? What's your take on that?
1: For the skeptics, we'll say it's random. So they feel safe and continue on this conversation with us, but I don't believe it's random at all. I work with universal forces. I'll call them spirit or Mm -hmm. spirits for our purposes. And I completely believe that cards that show up have distinct meanings in a particular situation, but we can use the cards as a purely psychological cool. That's fine.
0: Okay. So even somebody who is skeptic (laughs) and doesn't chooses not to believe that can still find value in this simply by grabbing a card and then experiencing what they they see and even like reading into the description in it to see if there's a lesson or meaning that is applicable to them in their life.
1: I think so. I mean, a tarot card at the end of the day for me is really a question. And before I knew what coaching was, I realized I was coaching myself by using the cards to prompt great questions. Why is this card here? Mm. Why do I feel this way when I see it? what does it have to do with my life? And do I like the way that is reflecting on my life or not?
0: Can you give me, just for our listeners, a specific example early in your tarot days where you did self-coach yourself out of a situation using the cards?
1: <laughs> yeah, I self-coached myself out of my job.
0: Okay. <laughs> t- t- tell us about that.
1: So I worked in the wine industry as a... Mm-hmm. An editorial director, which was a bit of a challenge when I realized that I couldn't safely drink alcohol at all. <laughs> and I was really struggling with that job. And that was the time when I started using tarot because I was overwhelmed. I was confused. And I was completely indoctrinated into the idea that having a corporate job was the only way to have success. And I couldn't see a path forward with any of my skills or, or where I was working. So on the day that I ended up leaving my job, I had my tarot deck with me at work and I shuffled and I pulled a couple cards. The first card I pulled was the Fool reversed. The Fool is the first card on the deck. And in a lot of the images, it shows this guy like walking off a cliff with his dog. Hmm. (laughs) It's a little dramatic. I think it's a leap of faith. I think it's very exciting. And for me, the reversal is a card that shows us, and that just means that the card is upside down when you pull it out of your deck, shows that we have some doubt or fear around the message. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm afraid to leap off of the cliff, Mm. leave this job. But the second card I pulled was the King of Swords. And this is a card that tends to represent really speaking our truth and leading from a place of pure communication, but that's really tied to what we believe, like what we really want to honor. So these two cards together, this doubt and fear of taking a leap, but an invitation perhaps still to jump off a cliff into something new, and a card that told me that I should essentially speak my truth, I marched into my boss's office and asked him to fire me.
0: Wow. And that, <laughs> and and so did he?
1: Yeah, he did.
0: <laughs> and that was it?
1: I mean, that was the beginning. Yeah. I didn't have a plan in place. So I was like, can you please let me go? Because I can't stay here. And they knew what was going on and they were like, sure. So I got bought myself a little bit of extra time to figure out what was next. But
2: yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I was like, I asked myself the question, I'm afraid, uh, does that mean I'm not gonna take a leap when it's offered to me? And I right. was like, well, no, I'm definitely gonna take a leap.
0: So in, this is a great example, cause it's not necessarily predicting your future or telling you what you need to do next. Is that, exactly. is that correct? It, it seems more like it was a mirror reflecting back what's going on for you or what you're experiencing in your life. Does that sound more accurate?
1: It does to me personally. My personal belief is mm-hmm. that there are potential futures based on the actions that we're taking and the actions of others around us. Mm-hmm. And I think that tarot and a lot of intuitive and psychic folk can pick up on potential futures. Yeah, But I also believe that we have free will within the context of fate or the things that are outside of our control.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I had a choice there. I didn't have to leave. And it was honestly dumb for me to leave. I didn't have any money saved. I didn't have a job. But I was like, you know what? Like, if not now, When? Yeah. So tarot, like a great, I mean, I like this idea of using it or calling it almost like a self-coaching tool. It asks a question. You still get to answer somebody else in that position who is not a risk taker like me probably would have, would have said, Nope, I'm good. I'm going to stay here longer.
0: (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And so you are saying that people can use tarot as a way of like predicting possible futures.
1: One of the ways that I like to use it is asking, based on what I'm doing right now, what is the likely outcome? Mm. And that's something that we can work through in our minds, but with our own limiting beliefs, our own conditioning, a lot of times we miss part of the story. So the cards can be used then to show us a likely outcome that maybe we aren't seeing because we're so used to seeing something negative or we're so used to whatever our personal story is. So yes, for me, I definitely use the cards to look at potential futures, and then we can decide if that's what we want or not.
0: Got it. Okay, cool. So how many, how many cards are in the deck?
1: There are 78 cards in a tarot deck. And I know as soon as I say that, people are listening to this, like, I'm never going to learn this. Please listen. It's okay. <laughs> There's 78 cards, but they're broken up into a structure. So it's really not as complicated as it sounds up front. There's part of it, it's called the Major Arcana. Those are 22 cards. And those are the ones that you probably have seen on like towels at Target because it's become very popular. It's like the Devil, the Mm. Lovers, the Moon, all the fun stuff. (laughs) The ones that have these like noun names. The rest of the deck is 56 cards and it most closely corresponds with a regular playing card deck. There's just a couple extra cards thrown in there. So like you have a playing card deck and then all these like awesome fun cards like death and the devil
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: to, to keep you occupied.
0: <laughs> so does one have to memorize some certain meaning of each card in order to start using tarot?
1: Different tarot readers will tell you different things, but I don't think you need to memorize anything to start using tarot. I think that tarot is a, a map of the human experience, just one map but you're a human which means that it's your story if this is the map you want to use right the map is not the territory but it is a way that we can move through the world so you don't need to memorize anything but it can be useful to have some kind of base ideas of certain things in mind would you like me to tell you some of the the basics
0: yeah that's great
1: cool so the major arcana those 22 cards in some ways those are the easiest right we pull a card like the lovers we have some naked people on it. Right. (laughs) And you might have a sense of what that means. That's a card about relationships. Right. And what's funny is that in business, I actually find that to be a really potent marketing card because it's about how are we being visible and vulnerable with our audience? What relationship are we creating with the people that we are working with and supporting in our business? So it doesn't just have to be a romantic relationship. It can be any number of relationships. And I see that card a lot when I'm working with business owners who are, uh, maybe, maybe a little shy. don't want to go on the, go on IG live or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're like, well, you gotta, you gotta put your face out there to make some friends. Um, But the majors, they're simple in the sense that you're going to get a deck. You're going to see the images and they have these names. They have these names and most of them are going to mean something to you already, but there are these big energies. It's like, If you think of like how like the stars are moving in the sky, you know, everybody's really a big fan of like, or not a fan, afraid of Mercury retrograde. (laughs) The Majors are kind of things that are happening to you in a way, these bigger energies, these bigger possibilities. And in some ways, I just think that if you look at the deck and I'm going to like give you official tarot teacher permission to just see what comes up for you and choose to find meaning in that to start, you don't need to memorize anything. You see the word lovers, you see naked people. I have great faith in your ability to put those pieces together as part of the human experience. The minor arcana is where people get more confused, and that's where we have these 56 cards, right? But the great thing is that they're broken up into suits, just like a regular playing card deck. So there's four suits, Mm -hmm. and they're actually pretty straightforward. The first suit is the swords, and they all have swords on them in most decks. So I'm breaking it down, but you'll know it when you see it. And the swords are all about our brains, all about our thoughts, all about our thinking. And also as a result, part of our communication. So they're how our brains interact with the world, how we talk to ourselves, a lot about those underlying beliefs, the subconscious mind, and how that becomes manifest through our thoughts and our words. The wands, which are just look like big sticks on most decks, so giant sticks mm-hmm. slash wands, are all about creativity and passion. They're actually represented by the element of fire. So you can imagine like the fire of creativity to help you remember that. And it's all about action, how we do things. So we think of something in the swords and then that becomes how we are in the world, right? It's the the be, do, have model Mm -hmm, James in tarot. Our next suit are the cups. And those are all about our emotions and our intuition. How do we feel? <laughs> and how, where are those feelings coming from? And are we actually uh, working with them? All about our emotional desires. And then the final suit are pentacles or called coins in some decks. That gives you a hint. That's all about the physical, tangible, earthly stuff. Jobs, money, houses, success in terms of the kind of physical things, physical health. And when you break it down like that, all of a sudden, those 56 cards, they actually all fit into one part of our lives. And it's a different way of looking at it. So you can start to tease apart and say, okay, is this a challenge actually with my physical world? Business owners, a lot of times are like, I feel like I'm broke, right? Or Mm -hmm. I don't have any money.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. If we do a reading and you get a bunch of pentacles that are actually about physical things, well then, yeah, we might be looking at a physical reality of not having money. But of course, nine times out of 10, what we get is something that's emotional, or we get something that is actually about how we're thinking about things or not taking action. So we can see where are we actually stuck in a process? What kind of questions would be smarter, better questions to ask about the present situation?
0: So I don't, um, at risk of now complicating the simplicity that you've painted for us, (laughs) what changes as you go up in the different numbers of each suit? Like when you go from like one sword to two or whatever?
1: Yeah. So every number has its own kind of, let's call it a vibe, right? (laughs) For lack of a better term. And as you go up, we're getting closer to mastery, essentially. So if we think of the first card is an ace and that's what's going to have your one sword, your one wand. And it tends to be like the beginning. I like to think of them as gifts the deck i use the rider white smith they almost look like these like monty python like hands like coming out of the sky it reminds me of the foot in the monty python intro um, <laughs> holding this thing and like giving it to you it's mm. like here do you want this sword do you want this idea do you want this experience and that's the beginning of the journey and then we move through it and at the end we reach the culmination of whatever that suit is so for swords the culmination of thinking that card is Somebody who's been stabbed with 10 swords, thinking something to death, Mm. right? If you stay in your head too long and you just think and think and think, we think something to death. In action, too much action, the end of that suit, we actually end up in burnout.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. But once we start to find balance by bringing in an emotional and intuition aspect and then actually bringing things into the physical plane, the cups and the pentacles, And on a bit of a happier note, the last pentacles card, the 10 of pentacles is essentially this multi, this image of like multi-generational, like wealth and abundance. So it ends up okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For most of them. Okay. Okay. That's really, that's, that's really good to to know as well. So I know then one of the obvious questions, I think this is the universal question that anyone that's ever had any experience with tarot cards, like in the movies or anything, (sighs) right? Is like, what does it mean if I pull the death card? That's the silly curse
1: on this podcast. Can I? (laughs) It's bad. No. What's so interesting is that death is card number 13 in the major arcana. And remember there were 22 cards. So let's look at the major arcana, like a journey, right? That first card is the fool. The one that led me to leave my job, right? The beginning of a new journey.
2: Mm.
1: And it's halfway through that we hit death. It's not the end. The end is actually the world, which is a card of, it always reminds me of like the old Super Mario Brothers game where you would run up and like try and grab a flag on the flagpole sure. and then the next the end level, the level starts loading. Yeah. Exactly. That's like the world is like you grab the flagpole and then you're like, now I'm just loading, loading, waiting to start all over again. Death is in the middle. So this is not literal death. If it were literal death, I could only imagine it would be somewhere else in the journey, maybe towards the end. Right. What we're looking at is, ego death, death mm-hmm. of self, death of the old way of doing things. It's a shedding of old beliefs, old patterns. And it leads into this really tricky cycle in the tarot, where you kind of get hit with all of these challenges back to back, different kinds of challenges in the major arcana. You have this moment where you, um, you kind of let go of old things. And then the next card is temperance, which is the card of rebirth. So we have a card of death. The card of rebirth Mm. definitely speaks to a lot of esoteric traditions that the cards come out of. We get in this moment of rebirth. You have a moment of pause. You're like, oh, I did it. I let go of that limiting belief. And then you immediately go into the devil, (laughs) which is the card of addiction and old patterns so that you can look at all of those. And then we usually hit a crisis point in the tower, which is another card that a lot of people will know. All that's to say that death is actually just the beginning of a whole lot of shedding and a whole lot of changing that brings you out the other side, leveled up for lack of a better term.
0: Okay. So I feel like you've given this beautiful landscape of the cards. Can someone get started? That's kind of the phase I want to get is like, how does someone get started into this? Can someone get going by just pulling a single card? Does that provide value? And is that a way to use the tarot deck?
1: Definitely. In fact, I recommend that you start with just pulling one card and sitting with it, spending time with it. Most decks that you buy will come with a little book that gives you some information. I Mm -hmm. think that most of those suck. So I mean, you can read them. I think that you know so much more just by virtue of being alive and having experiences. And that if you will give yourself the space to look at an image and actually sit with it, journal about it, meditate, I don't know, carry it around in your back pocket, that you will naturally come to know what that means for you. But one card, maybe one a day, is a very popular thing. Or if that's too much, one a week is a great way to start. More cards is not always better.
0: Okay. And so, if someone's pulling that card, is it? Uh, are they asking a question first? Like, can you take us through like, yeah. baby steps for someone?
1: for sure so the first thing you want to do when you get your deck first of all you can buy your own deck there's this whole weird thing i feel like it's a tumblr kid internet meme like you cannot buy your deck or you will die like that's just not true you can buy your own your what
0: own is deck. the alternative you
1: should, you're someone's supposed to give it to you
0: really yeah and it's bad luck if you just got and buy one or something
1: I mean, I'm doing okay. Nobody's ever given me a tarot deck, so <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to buy it. But yeah, get your own deck. Get, get a deck where you like the art. There are so many different decks. There mm. are cat decks and unicorn decks and like whatever you're into. I, I'm sure there's a surf deck, James. Oh, you know, will want to find so. that, right? Yeah, or you can <laughs> Make my own. get a deck you like, mm-hmm. take it out of the box and shuffle it. Yep. I have a fancy bridge shuffle that I built up when I was a kid. So I like to show that off, but you can just kind of mess them around on a table and kind of mush them together and see what happens. And then, yeah, a question is a great place to start. A simple one is, what do I most need to know right now? Mm. Or where do I need to focus my energy, That's right? Good. And if we want to look through this business lens, it's like, what's the most important thing for me to do today in my business, right? Where should my energy go? Or my favorite, If you are all out there and you're launching, like I am, (laughs) I pull a card and I say, what do my customers need to hear from me to know that I can support them? So good. Right? Yeah. And you pull a card and see what comes up and like sit with it. That's the hard part. Logic Sarah wants to always be like, I'm going to have all the right answers, but that's not how intuition works. Intuition might be a little bit quieter, so spend Mm. some time with it
0: gosh boy that can that can be really hard so do you recommend you said the books in the back are kind of uh, that come with the deck are kind of junk what if someone gets the card and they're just like boy i don't i'm so new i just don't know what any of this means i got the five of pentacles what is that what you know where do i even begin i know that says uh, something to do with the physical but where are we at, at a five it's halfway through like it's it's reversed can they start googling stuff or is it like no just sit with it and
1: Well, you can Google anything. The reason I don't love Googling as a solution is because you don't have any idea what framework the person who's like random website you come across is working within. Because there are people who use tarot as a way to make people feel bad, who are always looking for the negative, always Mm -hmm. like, you know, if you pull death, then you've done something wrong right? I don't find that useful. I have a brain that beats me up just fine because I'm like a human in modern society. Hmm. I don't need a deck of cards to to punch me in the face as well. So I just put that kind of caveat that you don't know where you're going to end up on the big scary internets. But there are great books out there. And if you buy one of the newer decks, there are some great ones on like Kickstarter and things like that. There are a lot of times they put a lot of thought into the books that come with them. So that can be a great place to start. As much as I know everyone wants to be like, I want to know what this card means, Mm -hmm. even if you knew the meaning, it would still shift and change based on the situation, based on how you're feeling, based on what you ask. And while that is a really frustrating thing still for me to stay, even though I've been teaching for years, I'd love to encourage folks to put away this idea that there's a right answer (laughs) because there isn't, I don't believe in right answers. (laughs) There isn't a right answer so if you sit with the five of pentacles and you get a deck that has beautiful lush imagery on it where there are like there's i wouldn't recommend one where there's like just pictures of like pentacles on it a lot of decks that are made in the writer white smith tradition are richly illustrated like there's an entire world on this picture on this card crazy what if you already know what's best for you and you can sit with that card and bring forth that experience just for yourself (laughs)
0: Yeah, what if? (laughs) Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What about for going back now to using these cards to answer or to uh, facilitate decisions in business? You know, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we have to make decisions all day long. It's like the one inevitable, unavoidable, right? Can you give an example or a framework for how we could use it to make a decision? even like a specific example of a decision. Like what does that, take us through what that looks like.
1: Yeah, I've got one for you. Oh, good. So <laughs> I uh, had the idea for a membership site about six months ago mm-hmm. and it was not on the plan. It was definitely adding another bridge to what I was working on. Yep. And I was like, well, it's a great idea, but I'm filled with ideas. That's my job. So I went to my deck and I asked, okay, is this membership idea? Is it time to bring it into the world? I was like, should I do this thing?
0: So you, you first you asked it as like a yes or no question. Do you recommend it being like a yes or no? Or does that just how it happened?
1: I actually ask yes or no questions, but I don't expect yes or no answers. I think our brains think in terms of yes or no. And then the cards will be like, well, have you looked at it from this perspective? Mm. (laughs) They'll force you into the gray area, which I think is is probably healthy, at least for me personally, I always want things to be black or white and they are not. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you can ask nuance. you can ask a question that's more open ended, like what would be possible with this membership site? And sometimes I'll do things like that. But in this moment I was in like entrepreneur mode and I was like, this is a great idea. I want to do it. Can I do it now? I was like, is now the time?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I got a card called the hermit <laughs> And for me personally, the hermit is a big no. It's like a stop sign. Wow. When I get that card. Because it's all about going within. It lets you know that you have more to learn, not like reading books, but that you have growth to do, inner wisdom to find. And it's a hermit, right? There's like that's definitely not launch mode. <laughs> the hermit's like, you know, back in the cave, resting, learning, rejuvenating. It's not a go go go. So I was like, oh, I was pissed. I was like, I have a great idea, tarot deck. Why won't you? Now I have a relationship with my deck where I actually try to listen to what it tells me. So I'm just putting that out there. This isn't (laughs) random, but I waited. I waited until September. I had a massive hand, like I had a hand surgery that I wasn't anticipating and was super jazzed up and filled with adrenaline and couldn't use my hand and was like, well, this idea is still here. I don't know what else to do with my time. Can I do it now? And I got the King of Pentacles. Now, the King of Pentacles is a card that's all about long-range vision and success, taking each and every step towards our bigger goal. It's a fantastic card for entrepreneurs because it reminds us of two things. One, our success is inevitable. Have you heard that before, James? (laughs) And uh, two, that we have to take deliberate action towards that success. So in that moment, I was like, oh, yes, now is the time. This is the first step towards Mm. a bigger vision that I'm working on. And I did launch it and it went super well. Yeah. Now, can I, I can't go back in time and say six months ago, it wouldn't have gone well, but it was the smoothest, easiest thing I've ever done in my business because I listened to what, I don't know, the intuition, my subconscious, God, somebody was telling me.
0: Yeah. Well, how could you have interpreted it if it was reversed in that scenario?
1: Mm. Usually the King of Pentacles reverse shows that we don't believe in our success. Okay. So it's not, so, which is kind of, it's not that it's not possible though. If we don't believe in ourselves, it's going to be really hard to get there. Right. So, so, so it I could be like, if that, it was yeah.
0: reversed, it was like, it's time, but you don't believe it.
1: Well, I see that happen a lot because folks will see that reversal and they'll talk themselves out of stuff. Hmm. There's definitely a sense that those reversed cards are always bad. And I don't view it that way. Cause I don't think that things are good or bad. I'm all yeah. like, I don't believe in that either, but they let us know that usually that we're getting in our own way that we're blocking the energy somehow. And sometimes seeing that's enough, we see that reversal and we're like, Oh, okay. Yes. I'm getting in my own way. I'm ready to, to take action. But a lot of times we see that and it just feeds the doubt and then that's up to us.
0: Wow. So can we like do one right now? Can we go through one Yeah. and, and just kind of like, do it. okay, so what's
1: going on, James?
0: Where do we, where do we begin? <laughs> I mean, look, I want to do one that's like in the context of making a business decision. And, you know, we make so many. So could I even do one for, like checking in with like topics and content to create for the podcast?
1: Yeah, I love doing that. It's a great tool to help hone wow. in, in terms of what you're making.
0: So if my, I could say like my question to Selena is like, what do, what do my listeners need to hear? What type of content value experiences do they need that will help them? Could we use that as a question?
1: Definitely. That's a great question.
0: Cool. And teams. do we are we doing one card? Is that is that the uh,
1: we'll, let's let's start there. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Great. Okay. So I encourage you to close your eyes, which no one else will see, but I see you closing your eyes. And I'm not
0: and driving right now.
1: <laughs> to, take a moment to settle in and tune into yourself as well. And if you have any maybe my normal line, if you have any gods or guides or ancestors that you like to work with I want to help you receive some information, you're welcome to call them as well. I'm just shuffling it down, and then I'll cut it, and we'll see what comes <laughs> Okay. Open your eyes when you're ready, James. Mm-hmm. And the card we have is the Page of Wands reversed. Okay. So the Page the Page of Wands, you know what? Let, let's do the. You guys can't see this at home, but I want, James to see the image. Yeah. Look what, what comes up for you when you see that?
0: Okay, so, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you turned it forward here. So, what came up for me is something around like he looks like he's very closely examining and like in an introspective mode. That's what's coming up for me. Like he's looking at the, he's like analyzing this thing very so, very closely.
1: Super interesting, okay? Yeah. So, upright if this card came up reverse is so again, reverse page of wands. Upright, this card would be very much about actually about taking action. Mm-hmm. But what you noticed was something more introspective, mm-hmm. which speaks more to the reversal, right? Yeah. So in terms of like content, what we're seeing is it's a fine line, but I had a card fall out while I was shuffling. Oh, and I okay. And, to, and tell
0: tell our audience what that usually means when you see that.
1: It depends on the reader, but usually it means that we call them jumpers. <laughs> they jump <laughs> out jumpers. The deck. Yeah,
0: Trying to escape. <laughs>
1: and it, exactly well it usually means that there's some extra piece of information that you need right mm. so i said you asked is this gonna be a one card reading i was like i don't know we'll and see. it's not yeah. <laughs> and we have the eight of swords which is an image of a figure who is tied up and surrounded by swords people don't like this card it looks kind of scary right? it
0: does look very yeah See a so,
1: also blindfolded mm. so when we have these two together right and you picked up on this idea of you know like so intently like Scrutinizing something almost, mm. coupled with this feeling of being trapped. Yeah. What do you think, James? Over? What do they need to hear from you. Oh,
0: oh, they're overthinking. Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
1: They're all. There's. I mean, I would say they. I'm a listener. We <laughs> yeah. are stuck in in this deep introspective. We're looking at all the details and kind of obsessing about is this right before we take action. And we've created a trap for ourselves. We've created what's great about this y'all at home got to go look this up if you're not driving that eight of swords is that there are no swords actually in front of this figure she could step forward Mm. if she wanted to this is entirely like a belief that we are stuck right
2: yeah so in terms of
1: content people need that reminder like you have created Like you, listener, have created the world where you have to have every detail complete before you take action. The Page of Wands, at its core, upright, is a card all about new beginnings and new adventures, about moving forward. And at the beginning of something, do we ever have all the answers?
0: Nope. So this is kind of silly, but maybe not. Understand what you're saying with the cards, but is that more reflective? In, because of the nature of my question, is that more reflective of my current state or is it rather more about this is what needs to be talked about as the answer of like, what did my audience need to hear or is it, is it both?
1: <laughs> I feel like James Wedmore would be the person who could answer that. Is yeah, it both? We'll is ask that reflective them. reflective of your present state?
0: <laughs> well, I, you know, a big part of me wants to batch a lot of episodes. So I'm like, you know, so that I'm not doing them last. I don't want to use the word last minute, but like at present time, you know, like I usually do an episode a couple of days before it airs, like middle of the previous week. And that allows me to be a little bit more like what feels more intuitively inspired to be like, this is what's coming up for me. This is what I am present to with my audience. And this is what I'm going to create content on. And it, I usually get a little challenged when I'm like, okay, I want to do like 10 episodes and so there could be from that aspect, aspect me like overanalyzing, overthinking it. But I also know that, oh, come on guys. How many of you listening that described you guys in the overthinking <laughs> and trapped by our beliefs? So I do feel like it it, it applies to both in, you know, in, in so many ways. Usually a lot of the content that I create anyways is stuff that I've gone through, you know, like for so exactly. many of us, it's, we're so much the source of our own content. You know, we teach what we had to learn the most. So yeah, that's so awesome. I'm so glad that we got to just do an example live like that. That was really fun.
1: Oh Yeah, me too. Obviously it helps so, to have a,
0: a guide or someone though, to like take me through it.
1: I have been doing this for a little while, which makes it easier, but I also, I too knew nothing when I began, I didn't like burst forth from the womb with all 78 tarot cards memorized. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> just a reminder that was some with like anything right Just like business or or any spiritual practice worth our time like we have to put in a little bit of effort to get something out Mm. or a lot of effort but i think it's worth it
0: yeah is there a three card deal that you recommend or
1: oh yeah you're gonna like this one i think okay Okay. so this is my favorite um my favorite three card spread card number one the question would be what do i think is going on okay Mm. card number two is what is actually going on?
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Card three would be, what, if anything, should I do about it?
0: Do they go left to right?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I usually do them left to right for that that one. And what I love about this is that we started to tease apart our perception and reality. And I know that is personally something that I have a hard time with. I'm filled with beliefs. I'm filled with opinions. I've <laughs> got plenty of those. And I don't always see what is actually happening in a situation clearly. Because it's colored by my, my experience and my own subconscious programming. So with this spread, we can start to pull those pieces apart and say, okay. And we honor, like, here's your experience. Here's what you think about it. And we get to honor that. We're not going like, to pretend it doesn't matter because it does. But then we can look and see, does it match up to what's actually happening?
0: <laughs> mm, yeah. And then what do I do about it?
1: Yeah. So imagine if you're like in a launch free fall, right? That's mm-hmm. a great time to use the spread because we're sitting there like, oh my God, everything's a disaster and I'm going to die in a ditch and I'm going to be broke and everyone hates me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The reality is probably like, it's the middle of the launch.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And the, they haven't signed up yet because people sign up at the end. <laughs> That's exactly, it. It's, it's, it's,
1: because this is how it goes. Yeah. And But also if there is something actually happening, the cards might point you in a direction. Well, it's middle Mm. of the launch, but you also haven't emailed them in three days. Do you expect people to buy if you haven't let them know they can buy?
0: Yep, that's good. Do you recommend if someone is stuck with a card, can they pull a card about that card?
1: Totally. You can definitely pull an extra card. We call those a clarifying card. I'd say maybe 70% of the time it actually adds clarity. The other 30% of the time you'll just be like, what? That makes no sense. But if that's the case, just just walk away and come back to it later. The trick with that, I would say, is not to pull all 78 cards, right? Right. We get into this habit where we're like, why does he one more card? Just one more card. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Try to limit yourself.
0: (laughs) Got it. This is great. Okay. So this has been like fantastic. I feel this is like a crash course 101 entrepreneur's guide (laughs) to using tarot to get an edge, like to almost cheat ethically cheat your way to better decisions (laughs) in your business. It really does give you a little bit of an edge here. Anything else that you feel like is relevant and worth sharing before we start to wrap up this episode for someone who's like new to tarot?
1: Definitely. One thing that I'd love to say is that if you're sitting down with a clear question, especially about your business, right? say it is this, what does my audience need to hear from me on the podcast? Have faith that your question was clear (laughs) in the sense that, if we talked a little bit about how the different suits have different meanings, and let's say you're like, well, it's about the podcast, so maybe I'll get a sword that's about thinking and communication, or a wand that's about you know action actually doing it, but then you pull, I don't know, the death card, our favorite card. Beginner tarot readers have a tendency to look for meaning outside of their reading. Oh, maybe I'm really supposed to be looking at this other thing because this card came up. Like if you're doing a business reading and you get the lovers, right? the example from earlier, people are like, oh, this is about my relationship with my partner. Mm. Have faith that the container you've created for your question is enough that you're actually holding it. What would the lovers mean in the context of business? Right, keeping that secure because you'll end up going down these rabbit holes where we're actually missing the information that's coming to us, the nuance that tarot can offer over something like oracle cards, which are awesome, but they don't have the same nuance. That nuance comes from holding that strong container and believing in your question. So, the lovers doesn't mean this is automatically a romantic reading. Oh, I'm going to have a cute coffee delivery person that I'm going to go and date or whatever it's probably about your relationship to your audience or your customers
0: or it could be like a business partner
1: it could definitely be a business partnership
0: yeah
1: now if you work with your spouse or your partner that's sure another, there might yeah. be something else is coming up right, there right? Right, right but we don't but we have a tendency to go looking for trouble or go looking for other information. Sometimes because we are unclear, but a lot of times it's because we don't want to actually sit in what we're in right now. It'd be so much cooler to have that reading be about like a hot new romance than about actually like having to do your job and talk to your customers. Yeah.
0: Got it. And I think within that same vein uh, or theme of faith, even just having faith that the card you pulled is there to offer you something. Would you agree with that? Definitely. Like when you, when Um, I asked the question and you pulled, I wasn't going to sit there and be like, I don't know if that really has anything to do. Like there was a sense of trust that there was inherently something there for me.
1: One of the things I'm interested in, both as a, as a human and as a, like a practitioner, a spiritual practitioner is what is useful. Right. And I find it so much more useful to choose to find meaning in my life, Mm. to choose to find that. Yes. To believe that these cards have actual information for me, that when I receive something that is channeled, that it is meant for me, that is so much more powerful for me personally and so much more useful than having a lot of information come at me and say, oh, well, that's all meaningless because the world is meaningless and we're just on a rock floating through space. So I think there's an option. The first step here is to choose. If you want to have this kind of relationship with yourself, with your business, with the wider world, tap into your intuition more and to use that to, to get an edge. <laughs> I love that. Then we have to choose to find meaning, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So, so great. I think that's where it starts. That's awesome. So for anyone who want to do, take the next steps, connect with you further, work with you further. What are the next steps? How do we uh, connect with you?
1: on over to the instagrams it's the place to be i heard (laughs) it really is
0: the instagrams (laughs) plural
1: (laughs) they all always plural i mean there are so many different worlds within instagram that i feel like it makes sense that it's plural um (laughs) i'm at sarah m chapel c-h-a-p-p-e-l-l and uh just send me a dm and let me know you are like what is tarot for business
0: Mm, yeah (laughs) i'll help you out awesome we'll link that up as well for you guys in the show notes Sarah, thanks so much for coming on and giving us this entire crash course in tarot. It's awesome.
1: Thank you for having me. And I can't wait to see what episodes come out of our little reading.
0: Yeah. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please reach out to Sarah. Let her know how this episode has impacted your life. Better yet, grab a deck, try it out, and let us know how it goes. Pretty awesome. Put this to work. See what happens. Give us some feedback. Thank you again to Sarah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you all next week here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. Did you know 8 out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life.